Welcome to the Mass Device Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today Sean Hooley's here. As I've mentioned earlier this week, it's just been a week full of earnings. I mean, we have one for today, but in just the last 24 hours on the MassDevice website, we have earnings reports from Baxter, Boston Scientific, Edwards Life Sciences, Align Technology. So if you want more of an update than we're giving you on the financial status of the industry, definitely go to MassDevice. But why don't we let Sean tell us what we're going to hear about today? So as you said, one earnings story, we'll have a quarterly update from Baxter with the status update on one of its spinoffs. Philips also inked an in-house virtual care collaboration. Ascensus Surgical announced a $10 million offering. No Labs published positive data to support its non-invasive glucose monitor. And Boston Scientific is investing more than $170 million to expand its Minnesota operations. Well, let's just get it started then. What's the first thing that we should know for today? First thing is about Philips in-house virtual care collaboration with Cox Health, provider in Missouri here in the States. Virtual care really came under the spotlight during COVID, and now we're seeing practical uses of it in hospital systems like through this collaboration here. And what is the aim of the collaboration? So Cox Health sought out Philips to implement virtual care throughout its hospital network in Missouri. The company wanted a solution staffed entirely by its own employees that expanded beyond the intensive care unit, and it wanted something that nurses and physicians could move seamlessly between the bedside and virtual environments. So effectively, they want to transition their hospital care between virtual and in-person care as seamlessly and efficiently as possible while still producing good outcomes. Interesting. And how does the eCare manager, Philips Enterprise Health Software, help clinical staff at Cox Health identify patients who are most at risk? So it uses AI and advanced clinical algorithms to synthesize patient data and translate it into meaningful information. Cox Health says that this should help its clinical staff identify patients who are most at risk wherever they are in the hospital, and then they can allocate resources accordingly. So just sort of moving things through the pipeline as quick and efficiently as possible. What are some of the positive feedback and reactions from Cox Health's clinical staff about the new virtual care delivery program? Well, Beth Polivka, the Senior Vice President and System Chief Nursing Officer at Cox Health, said the deal can improve clinical outcomes, reducing central line infections and readmissions while the company believes it could become a big differentiator with staff recruitment. So Polivka said, the excitement from the clinical staff is overwhelming because of this change in the approach to care. They've experienced nurses coming back to them who may have left because they weren't sure if they wanted to continue doing bedside care. Staff has reported feeling better supported in providing the best patient care possible. So it's definitely an attractive opportunity, I think, for some of these nurses to find a way to make their jobs not only easier, but more efficient and produce, again, better outcomes. What's the next thing that we should know? Census Surgical announced a $10 million offering. It ought to help the company continue to progress its surgical robotics platforms. So what is included in the offering and how many shares of common stock are being sold? Census offering includes just over 23.8 million shares of its common stock and warrants to purchase the same amount of shares in a registered direct offering company plans to sell shares and accompanying warrants at a combined purchase price of $0.42 cents per share. When does Asensus expect the offering to close? It expects the offering to close on or about July 31st of this year, so only a few days from now, subject to customary closing conditions. 
How does the company plan to use those gross proceeds from the offering? Company plans to use those for general corporate purposes. They include working capital and funding R&D activities. Obviously, the company has the Senhance Surgical Robotics Platform or Performance Guided Surgery Platform that's in use in a lot of hospitals, including in pediatric use. That's a recent update. And then it's also working on a new platform, the Luna Platform. So who knows what the funds could go towards in that sense, but there's still a lot going on in a census. So money can only help. Definitely. Now, it looks like we have some more diabetes news. Yep. No Labs has more positive data for its non-invasive glucose monitors. So the company continues to offer proof supporting its proprietary sensor technology. First, what is the technology that the company tested? So the non-invasive sensor is built on the proprietary bio-RFID technology that uses spectroscopy to direct electromagnetic energy through a substance or material, capturing a unique molecular signature. No Labs technology integrates into a wearable, mobile, or benchtop form factor, and the company recently released its prototype for its first sort of wearable sensor that would be akin to a Dexcom or Abbott sort of design anyway. And what were some of the key data points from that study? So the study showed that continued algorithm refinement and more high-quality data improved the sensor's accuracy. Results included an overall mean absolute relative difference, or MARD, a measure of accuracy in glucose monitoring, of 11.3%. It assessed the ability of the bio-RFID sensor to non-invasively and continuously quantify blood glucose using the Dexcom G6 CGM as a reference device. So what's next for the company? The company plans to continue testing for its first-generation sensor prototype that I mentioned they released earlier this year with an eye on eventually garnering FDA clearance. The company said it wants to collect more high-quality, high-resolution data across a diverse participant population before it can obviously take the next steps towards getting this sensor to market. And let's jump into the earnings story that we teased on. Yep. Baxter stock was down on its second quarter results, while its biopharma solutions business divestiture has a little bit of uncertainty hanging around it. We spoke about one spinoff at Baxter this week, and now we have news on another business realignment. So what were the financial highlights of the quarter? So the company recorded losses of $141 million, or $0.28 per share, on sales of about $3.7 billion. Adjusted to exclude one-time items, the earnings per share came in at $0.66, landing $0.05 ahead of expectations on Wall Street. And what did it attribute its performance to? Baxter attributed its sales performance, which constituted a little bit of growth and topped its own guidance, to overall positive demand for products, citing ongoing recovery in patient and procedure volumes, plus generally stabilizing macroeconomic conditions. The company also said an ongoing abatement in recent supply chain challenges helped it on the sales front, but its losses, the company said, are related to business optimization costs, obviously some restructuring, some divestiture spinoffs. I imagine that's all what that's going towards, and intangible amortization, among other factors. So let's discuss the spinoffs a little more and the divestiture that's on the horizon, potentially. What is the status of the company's spinoffs and the sale of its biopharma business? So as we spoke about earlier this week, the kidney care spin remains on track for about a year from now, but biopharma solutions has a slightly less clear timeline. Baxter said it still plans for this to be completed toward the end of the third quarter of this year, but because of some uncertainty, 
company provided guidance for the year, both with and without that business contributing to its final results. So there appears to be a chance that the divestiture could take a little bit longer than expected to go through if Baxter is sort of budgeting for that. And now what's the last thing that we should know? Last thing is that Boston Scientific plans a $170 million Project Black Bear expansion. If there are any concerns over the layoffs that we saw last week, Boston Scientific's continued growth and expansion may indicate that that was really a one-off consolidation, as the company said. So what is this expansion project? It's a $170 million expansion that Boston Scientific is working on with the Minneapolis suburb of Maple Grove and the Minnesota Department of Employment and Economic Development. Reports say the new building would have room for its interventional cardiology, peripheral interventions, urology, and watchman divisions. So really sort of an all-everything building, I guess. What kind of public subsidies does Boston Scientific want for the project? The company wants a $4.25 million loan from the state, of which $3.25 million could be forgiven if the project creates enough high-paying jobs. It may also be eligible for $1.75 million from the state's job creation fund. Maple Grove, the city itself, has already agreed to provide $4.5 million in tax increment financing for the project. Boston Scientific has a long-established history in Maple Grove, so I imagine that helps in terms of these negotiations and what they're looking for. So $170 million. What will the new building have in it? So as of right now, it's a three- to four-story building. Uh, would total about 400,000 square feet for offices, R&D labs, and customer training space, approximately 40 acres in the Maple Grove gravel mining area near Interstate 694 and Highway 169 for those in Minnesota who know those roads. Project plans show there's room for a future 150,000 square foot expansion as well. So construction could begin as soon as this fall and within three years, Boston Scientific expects the project to create 177 jobs with an hourly wage of $65. And that's all the news that we have for today. Thanks, Sean, for coming on and giving us your insights on this Friday episode. My pleasure. As always, read more on the Mass Device website and check out the show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. Connect with us online. I'm on LinkedIn at Danielle Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H. What about you, Sean? You can find me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, Hooley, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us Tuesday for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening.